This podcast is sponsored by Canaan Valley Spa and Wellness Center in Davis, West Virginia, a new destination in Canaan Valley. Go to www.canaanvalleyspawwv.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Exceptional Parents, Extraordinary Challenges. And I'm Angie Shockley, and I'm here with my good friend, colleague, and partner in all things adventurous, Dave Gold. <laughs> and on our initial episode, um, Dave brought us together for this podcast and talked a little bit about what we're doing. And, and we shared some of our joint insights on parenting and working with young adults and families who are facing those extraordinary challenges. And Dave, I, I've actually lost track of how many years we've known each other at this point. I don't know. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it depends on which which incarnation you want to start right, with. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I actually met Dave um, because his, his daughter was referred to me. I operate some young adult transitional living programs, and his daughter was referred to one of my programs. And that's how I had an initial conversation with Dave. And then our... Um, relationship took many turns, many incarnations, as you just said, but he is one of those um, exceptional parents with an extraordinary challenge in his daughter and in his family. And so we've worked together for quite some time now. And um, I don't know, it's it's been it's been eye opening for you and eye opening for me, Dave. Do you have anything you just kind of want to say to the audience about that? Yeah, just that um, Angie's a magician. <laughs> I'd call you a witch, but I realize that has certain connotations with it. But no, I, I, I'd say the first time, and, and just to you know, put it in perspective, and, I'm, and I'm probably some of your listeners have been in situations, our listeners have been in situations like this, where all of a sudden I, I have, before I know it, I got an educational consultant. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I didn't even know there was such an animal. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing, you, you know, and we realize without, in my situation, which I'll talk more about later um, as we go through this. But we things escalated so quickly that it was like, you know, you call it a cry for help for my daughter. Like, okay, we got to do something, right? Yeah. And so I don't know who recommended an educational consultant. And the next thing you know, we get a couple of we get a couple of referrals. And my educational consultant said, there's only two people that I, I go by the therapist or I go by the I go by the person. Mm-hmm. I don't go by the, anything else. Mm-hmm. There's only two people that I would entrust your daughter to. And you were one of them, and I and you were you were my second. You know, we never know whether it's best to be the first or the second. Like, <laughs> but I called the first, and now I was. But I called you, and like it was, it was just this immediate connection, and it was a two things. And this is what I think you bring to the table is one. There was just this. I could relax into your professionalism, into your wisdom, into your experience, and everything that you'd done as someone as an industry expert and someone who was running programs. But there was also just a soul connection, person to person. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this was somebody that I could entrust my daughter to and entrust our family to. And so that's how it started. But then our relationship has just been multifaceted because, mm-hmm. yes, you have been the person, especially in the last few months where I just surrendered. I said, Angie, every time my daughter texts me or calls me or emails me, or reaches out to me, I'm going to send it to you because I no longer trust myself <laughs> that I'm going to hold these boundaries in a loving way. And so, you know, I, I can't, I don't think anyone, any, everyone else could expect that kind of hands-on, you know, <laughs> rapid response that I had there. But, but also just we, every time we get together there, our, our paths are so parallel mm-hmm. in terms of, of uh, our own transformation, our own moving into greater and greater love and to greater and greater impact. So I, I am just incredibly grateful to have you in our life. And then one more thing I'll say, <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you, you people probably might have guessed I used to get trial wires. So you, there's never <laughs> any short answers to short questions. <laughs> and I just say, stop me before I pontificate again. Um, but anyway, whatever, whatever the heck it was, I was going to say. Hey, <laughs> lost train thought. I say sometimes my my wind ups are so long, I forget. Forget it. I forget what the pitch is. Yeah. Oh no, well, the that's one, okay. The, the one, there is one thing, and it wasn't what I was going to say, but was, but one thing that became clear, and I and I and I want our listeners and, and the viewers on YouTube as well to kind of keep it on. Is I it became clear that you and I have this perspective besides that we have a common, you know, whatever philosophy or perspective that you as the industry expert and me as a parent, there's like, there's a way we square the circle there, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and we can bounce off in a way that's very, very, you know, enlightening for lack of a better word, but also very, very practical. And mm-hmm. that's, I think the thing I'm most, I'm most excited about is that being able to provide that 360 view mm-hmm. so people can hear the the wisdom, the advice, the experience, and also say, oh my God, this actually works in the real world. And here's how mm-hmm. it worked in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, in my, many, many, many years of working in this world of helping kids, families, you know, all of, all of that. Um, I think one of the most challenging things for all parents is to understand how the skills, the techniques, the, the awarenesses, all of those things that happen for an adolescent or a young adult, whether it's in a a clinically based program, a wilderness program, or a transitional living program, how are those things then applied in the real world? And what is that parallel process? Of course, there's a book by that name, and it's a great book. Everyone should read it. But um, but what is that true parallel process that parents have to grow while the child is growing or everything is kind of stunted and disjointed? And I, I remember us having that conversation um, early on about where you were because you were so sort of your feet were sort of stuck in the mud of fear mm-hmm. of what's going to happen to my daughter with good reason, with good reason. So what do you what do you think was the what was what was that magic that I told you or what was that piece of wisdom that allowed you to sort of step out of that sticky muck of fear and begin to walk forward with your daughter? Hmm. Wow, I've got like 10 answers. So let me just start unpacking. The first thing that occurred to me in relation to your question is that this is so deeply personal. How can you get more personal? Mm-hmm, than your mm-hmm. damn children right you can't so yeah. it is so incredibly personal and it's when things get personal everything goes out the window you know you just it's it's like oh no yeah angie what she's saying might be right for the thousands of children she's working for but you don't understand this is me this is it won't work for me yeah. so i think that the the first thing is to is to recognize that the fact that it is so deeply personal is fine Mm-hmm. If, if you try to depersonalize this and look at this, like you're reading a book, you're a clinician or something, it's not going to work. It's and not. this get and this gets into something that you and I, you know, I think theme, it's just this kind of radical self-acceptance of who you are and not thinking I need to be somebody, I need to be a different parent. Mm-hmm. I need to be a different person, let's say that yeah. I need to show up as a different person. So I think that's just a critical piece. And I think again, that this is one of the, one of the, magics of magic of you and i think of us you and i as an us in this in this context is that you can you can recognize the, the personal nature of what it is and at the same time have a higher perspective that depersonalizes in terms of getting the fear and everything else mm-hmm. out of it mm-hmm. so now that i said i think the first thing that you one of the things that you did and all of us need to do as people and as parents is to just take the charge out of it mm-hmm. 
So there's going to, so there's, there's just, and I, and I know you're way, you know, it's like you and I go on for hours about this, but there's so much stuff that has nothing to do with our children, mm-hmm. has nothing to do with this situation that we're carrying with us. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways that, that you, that life and you and, and my old past leading up to this assisted me was recognizing this wasn't about my daughter. And one way I could turn the jewel, it wasn't about my daughter. Mm-hmm. It was about all the things that my daughter was was triggering in my own woundedness mm-hmm. that I my daughter was just, you know, uh, I'm, I'm such a social person. My daughter's such a social person. But at the same time, because of her challenges, it's difficult for her to relate. And so I was like, the, the, you know, my my title was CSO. I was the chief social officer. Mm-hmm. And I, so here I'm running around trying to get play dates and trying to make friends and trying to move the stuff together. And it's and, and it's because of me, mm-hmm. because I was that lonely little kid. You know, and so, so part of, I I think one of the big transformations that we have is when we recognize that it's so much, you know, I I keep calling it turning the jewel that you look at it from different perspectives and none of them is, none of them is the perspective. They're all just different perspectives on this multifaceted nature of being a parent, being a human being is for me to just to uh, be able to say, wait a minute, whose pain is this? And I mean, and you were, you were dead on, you know, and I think about you didn't, you didn't dance around it. You know, it's like, this is your stuff. Right. So, so one, just being able to take, cause it, it's like, if you're in a charge atmosphere, no wisdom is going to, going to get you when you're in fight or flight or whatever you're, you're there just thinking about why well, I'm, I'm just no damn good as a person, as a parent, as a husband, wife, whatever. So you helped, you help take the charge out. You really help deperson, you help depersonalize it. And I think, Without getting into, you know, there's there's specifics. So one, I would, you know, people are just making notes like, okay, how do I apply this in my life? It's like, what does it mean to take the charge out of this? Mm -hmm. Without denying how emotional and how triggering this actually is. Yeah. And I think, and this is why it's so critical without, you know, necessarily to have another person in this, you know, (laughs) you're going to get lost in your head and, and even in your heart. And in your, in your, we have a word for it in Yiddish and my, you know, my kind of semi-native tongue, it's called Mishigas. It's our craziness. So just to have another reference point of someone like you or someone like us or whatever it is, you know, Mm -hmm. whoever whoever it is in our lives Mm -hmm. that we can say, okay, right. So, so yeah, taking, taking the charge out. And then the biggest, the, probably the biggest piece is, is in the surrender Mm -hmm. in the letting go. Mm -hmm. And I know this is a kind of a back of the book answer. Mm-hmm. And as one of my spiritual teachers said, easy to say, hard to do. Yeah. But there's a, a I don't know, I can't say there's a point because it's never stopped with me. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it ever, it ever ends of me when I was more, as I become more and more fully, and there is a tipping point mm-hmm. in, when I could see my daughter, when I could let go of who I needed my daughter to be, to whatever the reasons are, we have them and to more and more accept first. I think the first thing you do is you start to accept that's who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's been my own evolution. And then I started to like it. Mm-hmm. I started to appreciate it without having to tell, you know, Oh my God. Okay. Well, she does this, but you know, you're talking yourself into it. You're not making yeah, a case. Right. And then I love it. Mm-hmm. And, and the acceptance to like, to loving is this mm-hmm. beautiful process of surrender. And I want to, there's a story I was thinking about, and if I, if I maybe, I, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and anticipate about what, where that surrender start, you know, started from. And it's, you know, I, I people can, um, on my site, David Gold's site, yeah, I have kind of like my life history, 70 years. So 
<laughs> so jamming it down in the one landing page wasn't easy. But but without getting into all that, when I got married late in life and uh because a lot of it because I thought I was a spiritual, you know, some kind of spiritual warrior and I didn't want <laughs> love to get in the way, which is hilarious. But anyway, um so I was actually in my late forties uh, when we when I got married and we were looking to, you know, we don't whether we're going to adopt or we're going to, what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we, we um, were going through genetic testing mm-hmm. to see what, you know, what, what, you know, what, 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 what do we have to worry about? Mm-hmm. What do we have to look for? And, and I remember with the testing, they, and, and, and fourth, you know, my, my, my then wife was, Abby's mother was pregnant at the time. We're going through all this testing, and it came. It came to the point as okay, what do we do if if this child really is going to be a significant have significant challenges, mm-hmm. you know, like Down syndrome or something mm-hmm. like that? And I went into it, and I just said, you know, I came to the conclusion, and I don't know whether I was just being <laughs> full of myself or whether this was my true feeling. Was if I'll, I'll, whatever God gives me, I'll accept. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. I reached that point of surrender, and I've touched pointed that. Because, and I hate to say, it sounds like, well, you know, my daughter, my daughter doesn't have Down you know, you yeah. hate to just compare yourself, but there's a yeah. way that, that deep surrender that happened even before I became a father. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd like to, yeah, so I'll be, so I think taking the charge out and with that, the more and more surrendering, which I think is accepting, liking and loving that who your child, your mm-hmm. child or children is rather than who you want them to be. Yeah. 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 And I remember you know, I, of course, I didn't know you during that that period of your life you just referenced when deciding what you were going to do to have a family. And, and that's a traumatic experience in and of itself for everybody. Um, and then when, you know, when I did come into your life, which I believe all the journeys are perfect, you know, so I think we met at the exact right time. Um, but it was it was so clear to me that um, your daughter was your opportunity for your own growth and awareness, which you've, you touched on a little bit. And I think that's something that is really important for all parents to understand is that regardless of what our children bring to us, whatever extraordinary challenge it is, and even the joy that they bring us, it's all an opportunity for us to reflect back on ourselves. You know, we're, we're, we're family. And so, you know, you talk about taking the charge out and some of the language that I use with that is, not being reactive, not being emotionally reactive, but taking time to respond. And, um, you know, I, the the pause has become a kind of mm. a buzzword in the world mm-hmm. of, of pausing. What is that pause? What does that mean? And, you know, I've been telling parents for years, especially if you're on a phone call or dealing with a text message from your kid, and it's something that really triggers an emotional reaction in you, create a reason to pause, you know, whether it's I got to go to the restroom or Oh my gosh, you lost service and you had to hang up the phone. You know, whatever it is, if you if you can't, if you're not to that point yet where mm. you can say, I need to have some time to think about this, create a reason to to have that pause so that you can not be reacting because that's what takes the charge out. And I think I probably said that that to you maybe a million times. You know, <laughs> don't be emotionally reactive because emotional reaction comes from fear. And now you you also you t- touched on um you were the social the what you call it, the yeah. CSO, yeah, she's <laughs> social, social, social officer, officer. Um, and that's a great way to say it, you know. But we all want our kids to be happy. We all want our kids to have friends. We all want our kids to to be liked, 
Um, we don't want them to feel like that lost little boy or that lost little girl, that loneliness that many of us experienced as children. We don't want our kids to to experience that. And so as parents, we step in because we feel like our job is to protect our, our kids. And it is, you know, and so it's finding that balance and that fine line of what is protection versus what is rescue versus what is my stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And you talk about turning the jewel and that's, that's a great way to to discuss the perspective piece, because a lot of what I have done for you and I've done for other people is shift the perspective, because when you see it from a different perspective, then you often have a much clearer picture of what's actually going on. You know, so I guess my my next question for you, Dave, is when you had the recognition of the need of the pause and to take the charge out and knowing that you had to have a response and not a reaction, what did you as a parent do to employ that skill and apply it in your daily life with your daughter? Stay with us. We'll be right back. This episode of Exceptional Parents and Extraordinary Challenges is being brought to you by Mindfully Aware. Mindfully Aware is my company, and through Mindfully Aware, we offer services for folks who are looking for ways to find healing in their lives or looking for ways to just live a more intentional life and finding true purpose and meaning. So if you're interested in the services, you can visit our website, livingmindfullyaware.com. You can also reach out to me directly, mindfulangie at gmail.com. Great question. So one is, and I, I, I'll go high and then go, mm-hmm. and then I'll go into details. Is I, I realized again with your help and also grateful for my life's journey that the greatest thing I had to bring to my daughter was my presence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in the, by presence, not just my physical presence, which for a lot of people that that's one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't care what you know, what excuse you have. And and again, this will get back to the. One of the, and the difference between coddling and swaddling, as someone said, you know, there's there's that. there's a way. It's not mine. It came from a higher source. <laughs> no, I might take that one. That's it's yours. You got that one. She's social. <laughs> this is everything's public domain. Here. It's open source for you and me. I steal your stuff. You steal. Yeah, my stuff. absolutely. <laughs> um, so so one bringing your presence means f- bringing your, f- your physical presence, and that doesn't mean hovering, helicoptering, all the other things. It just means. But more more for me, it's been just being aware, being interested being there for my mm-hmm. be, actually taking my, yeah, I don't know how I can say is my stepdaughter said, Dave, get your head out of your ass. Mm-hmm. You know, it's getting your head out of your butt long enough to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And this, mm-hmm. first of all, this gets back to something you're saying about it's all about us. Yeah. Okay. Cause you're not going to, you can't discipline yourself into it. You can't mm-hmm. read a book, PDF, whatever it is, and be present. Mm-hmm. You have to actually, and this is the gift that you give. And I want to just go off on a tangent here and hopefully get back is I realize your gift, your, and it's such, it's one of your gifts, but it's a blessing is that you can hold this space of objectivity for lack of a better word, you know, mm-hmm. with, but you're delivering it with total love. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the model for our kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's how to, and, and that's presence. Cause when you're present, you got both. When you're present, everything is of it. And then that's the responsive versus the reactive. Mm-hmm. When you're present, you can respond with the whole library you know, mm-hmm. the whole database of everything, you know, everything, anything of stuff you don't know, 
I'm sure we've all found ourselves saying, wow, that was good. I wonder where the hell that came from, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so the presence is one, just being able is, is just having everything available to you, but it's also, it's where the love is, mm-hmm. you know, cause so, and again, it's a bit, a bit of wisdom. Love is just interest or you can turn the jewel either way. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. So the, in, you can't pretend to be interested. Okay. Sometimes you have to discipline yourself to tear yourself away from something. And there's things they're talking about that you're definitely not interested in. Uh So I don't think there's not time. You got to fake it. Right. I mean, there's the authenticity of it. And I think one to the, the pause piece was the more that I was, I was aware of, of, of everything. And it just present for my daughter, the more that I could, I could access, Oh, this is the time for pause. Mm-hmm. And I think to me, just a lot of, some of this actually is just like, you know, I don't want to say it, it is kind of a, dis, I don't want to say a lot of discipline, but it's a practice mm-hmm. of just take a breath, take a breath. Now I'm very fortunate. I have, I have my own Angie in terms of, you know, in terms of, of someone over my shoulder who, who knows better because my wife, Julie, my beloved is just a phenomenal mother. And, and, and has been, has been taking this role on of just saying, Take, take a breath. Don't you see you're being manipulated? Don't you see mm-hmm. she's doing this? Don't you see you're falling in the pattern? Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da, da. So somebody also having somebody in the picture who can can just see what you're doing, who you trust. And I'm going to tell you, I there's times I, I just want to just scream and say, leave me the hell alone. Mm-hmm. And I you've and screamed that. that. I've heard you scream <laughs> that before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you do. Yeah. Yeah. And this one, and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. The fact that at times I just want to push her away and I'm so angry at her for telling the truth, mm-hmm. but, but just whatever those guard, whatever you need to remind yourself and be present, if that's another human being, if that's a practice, if that's a breath mm-hmm. or whatever, but just know that you're, you haven't lost the moment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just because you've paused doesn't mean you haven't lost the moment. Right. And so right. it's almost like, Hey, I don't care. Whatever it takes. It's like mm-hmm. someone getting off, you know, if someone's, addicted at getting off of booze or something, whatever it takes to stay the hell out of the bar. You mm-hmm. want to go pray, pray. You want to change yourself to a chair, mm-hmm. change yourself to a chair. Right. But for God's sake, get the pause in because that will break the cycle. Right. And it is a practice. It is something you have to practice doing. And and it doesn't come naturally, especially when you've been the CSO or you've been yeah. the the person who's advocated for, you know, you've you've got a a, a child with exceptional challenges who you have made sure the IEPs got done. You made sure the doctor's appointments were done. You made sure that they got the right clothes. You made sure that they went to the therapy appointments. You got them the academic coaches. You fought with the school. You've done all these things as a parent. And then you get to a certain point where it's like, okay, now what do I do? And as a parent, the only thing you know to do is continue that control piece, you know, um, for the people who are listening, can't see me doing my little hands like this, but, <laughs> but it is, it's like you, it, it, you become the bumper guards for your kid. And even as your kid is hitting those ages where they naturally want to push against the boundaries, they, they're naturally looking for some independence and that's how we survive as a species. So they need to be able to do that. But then that fear of that, that, oh my God, but they're not ready. Oh my God, but what's going to happen to them all that. And so then the, you know, I think probably the years from about 14 to 17 are really, really tough for parents mm. who have challenged kids because that's when you have to allow them to have some space. And man, is it when they get their hearts broken so hard by friends, by mean kids, by boyfriends or girlfriends, or, you know, not being accepted onto a team. And, you know, when you have a kid with 
exceptional challenges, extraordinary challenges, you know, it's really hard to allow those kinds of things to happen and not want to put that net of protection over them. And so it, it's, it's, you know, I really, I want to acknowledge that and validate that because, you know, and, it, and, you know, I'm a parent too. I have, I have four children in my life, two stepsons, and I have a daughter and a, a son myself who are you know, off in their adult lives now. Um, but so I've walked that path of when do you protect and, and when do you allow and what is that surrender piece and question myself. So, you know, I just kind of want our listeners to understand that this is not just me and what I've learned in my professional world, but it's something that I've lived myself as well. And, you know, something that you talked about, Dave, that I think is, is really an important piece is that when you held that baby girl and you had all these hopes and dreams for her. Um, and that, and you immediately feel all those challenges as well. You immediately feel like, oh my God, but what if, but what if, but what if, and that's what happens when we become parents, regardless of what our path to parenthood is, that's what happens. And then as time goes on and you have, you know, you have this dream that your child's going to be a trial lawyer, just like you, you know, and they're not, and that's not what they want to do or an engineer or go into politics or be a writer or whatever it is that you thought when you held that baby, that you thought the path for your child, the trajectory would be. And then when they start to develop their own personalities and then, then they start to test the boundaries and all of these, you know, and like I said, they hit about 13, 14 years old. And like, all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, how do I keep them in this path? Because this is a safe path and this is where they'll be successful. And we can get so caught up in that, that we don't have perspective. It, it's, you know, I, I talk about it sometimes like wearing blinders for a horse, you know, my world's full of horses all the time. And so you put blinders on a horse to go through a parade route because you don't want them to see all the people on the side. You just want them to focus on what they're doing. Right. And so we as parents tend to want to put blinders on our kids so that they don't see the things that could possibly hurt them. And they're, they're pushing those blinders away. They're always pushing those blinders away as they should. So, you know, at some point, and, and I know I, I, I watched and felt when this happened for you, when you kind of went, okay, what I thought was going to be good for my daughter, path to independence and success for her is not where she's going, but she's doing this over here. And this is kind of okay. And like you said, you accept it, you come to like it, and then there's love there. And I, I think that, that it's a process of mourning what we thought we had, mourning what I, we thought our lives were going to be so that we can truly appreciate, be present for, and accept the child that we have and how incredible every kid is. And, you know, I think that that's, that's one of the perspectives that I have working with, mm -hmm. with young adults and families is that I want to just meet them where they are. I don't, I don't put a preconceived notion around anybody. And when parents tell me, well, my kid needs to do this and my kids, I, I say, okay, okay, okay. And then I meet the kid and go, what do you want to do? And, and sometimes those things line up and sometimes they don't. And so then, then there's work to be done. We, there's a place of acceptance. And I think when you talk about being fully present with your child, whatever that is, that really is the key to that acceptance piece. And it's also that the key to that true, true acceptance and loving and surrendering to what is because your daughter's pretty phenomenal. She's a pretty cool chick. Now, I've done some work with her and she's a pretty cool chick and she's not going to walk her path the way you thought she was, but you've accepted that 
and you can walk beside her now as opposed to pushing her or running in front of her and pushing her back or trying to steer or guide, you know, and, you know, just for everybody, uh, you, there were some really scary moments for Dave and, and for, for his ex-wife, his daughter's mother, um, who I've also had the privilege of working with as well. And, and you guys really came together during some difficult times and, you know, I think that's a really important point for parents to understand is there there has to be that cooperative parenting piece. Um, and it's not always easy. It's not always easy. And I, I'd like for you, I know you've had challenges in that area, but I'd like for you to just touch on that. I know that's a, that's a tough one, but I'd like for you to touch on that just no, a little bit. It's like, great. So look, here's what, here's what I tell people, what Angie does best, which of course is like telling which children you love the most. I just turned the jewel for you and I love that faster than the best you set boundaries mm -hmm. and you really encourage people to set boundaries and as i said this is one of the things when you and i were kicking around the, the podcast how are we going to get across to people they have to set boundaries when there's no limits but yeah. that's another story that's yeah, another podcast that's a whole but, other podcast <laughs> yeah so it's boundaries and what i realized and again i had with the help of my my beloved my wife now is i had to set boundaries with her mm-hmm so there's boundaries. There's the, like you talk about this triumphant, you know, this kind of holy trinity. And sometimes mm -hmm. it feels like an unholy trinity of, of you and your spouse and your child or, or child, children. And boundaries have to be set all the way through. Mm -hmm. So part of this was me knowing I had to, that there were certain dynamics we were going to get into that weren't going to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And to be able to set those boundaries. So to set those boundaries was was exceptionally important. And then also, I'm, I'm just going to list these because there's so many and I get I go, I go on forever. But one is my my radar is constantly attuned for those moments where the love that we have for our child outweighs the disagreements that we have with each other. And I should I like you can keep that one. That's a winner. We should mm -hmm. have we should have <laughs> Keith unpack that one. Yeah, yeah. But there were just, I just figured, okay, look, you and I, we had this kid. We had love with it for each other. We have love for this child. Is this one of those? Now, sometimes that's deaf. You know, you can't play that card. Right. You got to keep, keep that card in every now. But just to have the radar attuned to the love that you share. And then also, just I know I know Kathy well enough to know what are the moments when she she we can pull ourselves up to something higher. I know I know what a great mother she she is. I know what you know, the cap, the pat, the capacities that she has and to just, to be just, you know, you got to just be astute and say, this is the moment where it touches there. And then the other side is I know where the buttons are, where it all falls apart, mm -hmm. where I just hit that. And she thinks, Oh, you're just a know-it-all. Oh, you just think you're spiritual. Oh, you just mm -hmm. think you're smarter. Oh, you just think you're, you know, and if I punch, push one of those buttons, it all falls apart. And then it's time to set the boundary. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I guess if I would just summarize it, it to whatever, you know, I can't remember what I said, but I'll try to remember it is one to set the bound to set boundaries i mean then you got yeah just to set the boundaries with them and to know to have an ear of love and the highest available to you and then when it doesn't when you can't agree you just need a third part person in there mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean that is just we just realized that i had you know we got educational consultants and we got you know you involved we've we have a, we had a parenting coordinator mm -hmm. and especially you know and i can't I can't recommend that enough, whatever the equivalent of that might be in your state, mm -hmm. is to have some arbiter that you can go to. And, you know, you think you're going to get someone you both can trust. And that's not going to work. No. You know, it, it's, I've run that state, you know, occasionally might, you might be able to say, hey, but for the most part, no. Mm -hmm. But to have an independent third party that you can just surrender it 
avoid the dynamics. You don't go there every time, you know, right, right. something goes wrong, but that's, yeah. that's basically. Well, and I, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, boundary is like the number one word in my Bible. <laughs> yeah. You know, you got to have boundaries and, and they're not always easy, but once they're set, it's much easier to go back to them. So I think that's a really um, a critical piece to all of this. Um, and I think the other thing was knowing that your love for your children is higher than your disagreement or your need to be right um, with with your with your spouse or your ex-spouse or the parent, whatever. Um, the people who are involved in providing care and opportunity for children, we have to put them first. And, you know, one of the things that I have my entire career really focused on is there's always a positive intent, mm-hmm. you know, and even when even mm-hmm. when somebody does something that seems very, very inflaming, mm-hmm. um, there's a positive intent behind that. And so that also will allow everyone to take a pause is understanding there's a positive intent because when we are, you know, I, I have exes, so I, I understand this process, but so when we are in a place of trying to work with someone that we may not agree with a hundred percent, we can take things very, very personally. And, you know, the four agreements, that's another whole podcast, but one of the four agreements is do not take things personally. And when we take things personally, then it's not about our child. It's about us. It's about the the disagreement or the broken relationship or whatever has happened between the two parents versus what's best for the child. And, you know, I think that another question that I ask you a lot during this process is what can you control? Right. You can control you and your response to things, but you can't control anybody else. And that was another piece of surrender that was tough was mm-hmm. surrendering that I can't control another person, whether it's your child or your child's mother or your spouse or your stepchildren or whoever's in your world. You can't control that piece of it. You can only control what you have. And so those are two things that I think are really important is understanding there is a positive intent on the other side. And recognizing I can only control my response to this. I can't control what's going to happen on the other side. And when we take an action, we have to take it with our own positive intent and with a pure heart. Mm. And then we have to let go of what comes on the other side of that. And, you know, that was something that I saw you do within your family dynamics, all of your family dynamics. And I saw it be very, very positive for everybody that you were touching. So maybe you want to, just oh, kind of talk you. about that a little bit. Well, there's something just occur- I just had like a dumb moment, <laughs> which, which happens a lot. I don't know whether it's because I'm just getting older and I forget them. And then I remember them. I think I'm smart or whether they're really new, <laughs> but, but whatever the hell is that I had to surrender my idea that we were going to be great co-parents after we were divorced. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember Julie was my beloved and uh, is that we were friends and she was and the first time I talked to her was because our kids were going to the same school and I was welcoming her as ambassador. And she told me she was separating from her husband. And she said, but we've got, you know, we're going to be friends and we're going to do this. And I, if I could have rolled my eyes any higher up into my head, I never would have got them back down into their sockets. Yeah. And, and not just because I've seen it. I used to be, you know, I used to do divorce work and right, you know, right, right. sometimes you find that, but I just, I knew it. And so for me, the idea, and, and I, and I have to surrender that constantly. I've surrendered that with my ex. I know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, we got, we got, you know, however many years, 10, 12 years of, of history, but yeah. even just now real quickly, I just moved my, my daughter. We thought I, my daughter was in a 
in a situation in an unhealthy, physically unhealthy to be her mold in her apartment. And I needed to want to get her out of there. And I had a lawyer up to do that. And, and so I'm, and, and meanwhile, her, her mother's moving her into an apartment that she paid for. So we had to collaborate mm-hmm. and every other text was, I'm so grateful for what you're doing. This is great to you, son of a bitch. <laughs> okay. And I'm going back and forth. And so mm-hmm. but I'm, I, when I get to how great you are and how much I appreciate, I know it's, that's, there's a positive intent that she's seeing. Mm-hmm. Great. That's the moment for the positive intent. Don't mm-hmm. build a dream up. Oh, now we're over the hump. Now yeah. we're going to do this. So there's just that kind of seeing everybody, you know, to the extent mm-hmm. you just see everybody <laughs> in that way of just, I got to surrender whatever I think yeah. it's going to be and just yeah. do it. And it's great. That, you know, that is a really, really important piece of advice right there. And, and I don't know that I've ever actually talked about this, but it's really critical is when you get that, that, that text or that comment or that moment of collaboration, you can't go, now we've made it, you know, because you're a hundred percent right. The next moment may be contentious. And so again, instead of having an emotional reaction, because then that the emotional reaction would be, oh, thank God, you know, we're finally going to co-parent and everything's going to be great, you know, and then you just get let down. You just get the rug jerked out from under you, which then makes you have a, a more negative reaction to it where you, you, you know, you, you get angry and, and resent, resentful and bitter and all these things. And so I think that's a really, really important point. We can't be reactive to things that are hard for us, but we also can't be over the top about things that are positive. That's the boundary. Yeah. And it gets into something we keep going back to. And I realize I'm going to, I want to lead into it whenever you've, if you were coming to a close, I want to, there's a, there's a, there's a meta point I want to make, which is being, being available means that when, when Kathy sends me a nice text and I feel it's, sometimes I feel it's manipulative and it's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. just whatever. And that's fine. But when there's, when it's true appreciation, like, holy cow, I stepped in, I did something she couldn't do. I lawyered up Mm -hmm. and, and then I moved her and I got the people Mm -hmm. to move her and I did all there's true appreciation. Like, I, if I'm a, if I'm available, I can feel, oh, that's great. We have it. We're sharing a moment. Mm-hmm. It's a tender moment. It's a true moment. This mm-hmm. is the ba- this is these are the reference points I want to come and I can experience that without just saying, you know, you get defense. I'm waiting for the other. I'm waiting for yeah, the next wait one. for the shoe to drop. Yeah. And then it, and then then I'm a, then when she sends me the text, son of a bitch text, then I just can just delete it or just move on. So yeah, it's, okay. it's really our it, that availability is just. Because, and we, we, you know, this is another podcast too, but that how we, 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 we get, we, we strengthen up and resilience up without hardening our hearts. Mm-hmm. I mean, that this is our path of, of liberation, of transformation and of everything mm-hmm. is how we open our hearts. And at the same time, we're not suckers. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we're strong enough to take, you know, it's the same in law practice. We would talk about, you know. How's the, how's the lawyer on the other side? We'd say, can he take a punch or can mm-hmm. she take a punch? Mm-hmm. We, we want to, we want, we got to be able to, I, I know I to say it, it sounds inelegant, <laughs> but we got to be able to take a punch Yeah. and how we yes. can take a, how we harden up to take a punch, but still have our heart open. And this is what I hope more than anything that we're trans, and I know we're transmitting it and, and that people can hear the love that we have for each other, mm-hmm. for our children, for all the other people in here. That we're 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 doing both of these of being able to say, hey, get strong, you know. Here you got to you're gonna have to you know stra- strengthen up. This is gonna happen, and mm-hmm. you don't want to become a puddle, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know what I can say about this that I can say, but about all this, we used to say in West Virginia, where you still are, you don't want to be. And at the same time, my heart's my heart's just open, and my daughter breaks my heart. Day, I don't want to say daily, and not because she does something, because she'll do something beautiful, or because I'll have a memory, because I'll hear a song, or I'll smell something, and my heart, you know, it's breaking. I'm just now, oh, you can feel it. My heart just breaks. And at the same time, my daughter called two days ago and it was something she wanted. Boom. I just had to put the hammer, you know, not me, mm-hmm. but I said, mm-hmm. say, I'm not going to go there. Mm-hmm. I know I'm being, I know I'm being led down a path and I'm just going to mm-hmm. encourage other behavior. Mm-hmm. And so in this, if I just, it's all about, you know, I just say, it's all about us. We're, we're not going to be able to love our children more than we love ourselves. Yeah. We're not yeah. going to be able to bring more perspective on our children than we have on ourselves. And that doesn't mean that our children can't help us love more and gain a greater perspective, but we can't take ourselves off the table. And, and if I may, you know, Julie, when, when I told her we were doing this podcast, she was excited and she, you know, she loves you and she's so grateful that she doesn't have to be that, doesn't have to be the bad cop all the time. <laughs> You've taken that away from her. She just occasionally has to get the nightstick out and whack me over the head with it. <laughs> but she said, Dave, uh, David, you know, everybody calls me David because he calls me David. We just, it's fine. Um, but she's David. Being a parent isn't your highest and best. It's not what you're here on earth to do. You're doing that, but that's not your, it's not what you're destined. It's not what 70 years have done for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, sweetheart, you're right. My 70 years about liberating people to be their highest and best self by just not, you know, <laughs> self-rejecting. Mm-hmm. But the, the, this is besides, yes, being interested parent and, and wanting to help. I I know that for me, the journey is about, and, and both of us do this, and maybe it's my, you know, I see it's my job description. It's just being able to help parents be more loving, be more open, be more. How can we ask our parents? How can I as a parent accept my daughter if I haven't accepted myself? Mm -hmm. If I'm projecting all this stuff upon them and it's just not going to fit. We're going to be talking ourselves into it because deep inside, we're still rejecting ourselves as parents. Mm-hmm. And boy, is that easy to do? We got, we all have, you know, in, in law, we used to call it you know, the bill of the, the indictment. You know, you have all the counts <laughs> in the indictment. I got, I got a, it's like a Rico case, like a racketeering <laughs> case, the number of indictments that I have that I've proven myself mm-hmm. as a parent to not be what I think I could be. And you know, Angie, through you and through life, I'm the perfect parent. Yeah. And everybody <laughs> yeah. who's listening to this is the perfect parent. And I don't, and I think this is the greatest gift we can give to ourselves, and the biggest challenge that we're facing. One of the exceptional challenges, or whether except we can't remember whether we're extraordinary, <laughs> or exceptional, but whatever the hell it is, <laughs> one of the exceptional challenges we face as extraordinary people is how we can love ourselves, accept ourselves, be more present with ourselves, so that we in turn can bring this to our kids. I think that's perfect. I think that's a good way to kind of bring this episode to a close <laughs> and you know we 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 have so many more things to to unpack that's your term but i like that we have so many things to unpack and so we're going to keep having this conversation um and we appreciate everybody tuning in and sharing this podcast so it can get to the folks who need it and if anybody's interested in having a deeper conversation you can reach dave at dave at davegold.com mindfulangie at gmail.com. And, and so, if I and if I may, mm-hmm. and I don't want to just I don't want to get the last word in. You get the last word in because the lawyer we like to get the last words in. Is what I, I said this last time I want to say it again. We've created a field of authenticity and vulnerability with mm-hmm. people right now. Yes. And and I want people to 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 do something with this moment. Yeah. And again, it's not okay though you don't have to email me, email Angie or whatever. Yeah. And but just take take this moment 
hug your kid, hug your wife, you know, just do someday, you know, just do something with this moment. And also just to add that if you believe that Angie and I can, if there's something that you have a particular situation right now that you think can benefit from us, don't be, you know, don't be shy. That's the last mm-hmm. thing that I'll say as well. The, yeah. the, one of the hardest things for me to do was to ask for help. Yes. And, th- and thank That's, God I, yeah. thank God I did it and I still do it. And I don't, text Angie every time my daughter because I think eventually she would stop she'd block me but I wouldn't I promise no but I, you just, I, you just, know, just ignore I, me I, <laughs> I will say this that I think one of the things you talked about um before with the boundaries is very important but having that boundary with yourself and asking for help is is critical it's critical because it really is you can't it's the it's the metaphor on the plane you know you can't help the person beside you if you pass out before you put on your oxygen mask you have to put on your mask before you help your child and being a whole person not just a whole parent is the mm-hmm. best way to open that door up to success within the family unit so yeah absolutely we're we're here if uh, if anybody needs anything or just wants to continue the conversation please reach out share this and uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode Thanks, Thanks Angie. Dave. This was great. <laughs> Canaan Valley Spa is a world-class destination in Davis, West Virginia, providing an experience of wellness and comfort to visitors. Go to www.canaanvalleyspawwv.com to learn more.